welcome back to Word and Table, a bi-weekly podcast on liturgy, sacrament, and the great tradition of Christian worship and why it is vital in our world today. I'm your host, Alex Wilgus, and I am here, as always, with Father Stephen Gautier. Welcome back, Father Stephen. Good to be back, Alex. Father Stephen is the canon theologian of the Diocese of the Upper Midwest in the Anglican Church in North America, and he is Director of Formation at St. Paul's House of Formation in the Greenhouse Movement. Uh, Father Stephen, we are going to talk today about um, a little guy you might have heard of named John the Baptist. Um, he's uh, a, a okay. He's a major figure Very in the New major Testament. Figure. Sometimes, though, it's hard to understand exactly why. Um, he has an interesting story in the Gospels. He has a quasi miraculous birth. He has a ministry a lot like Jesus's. Then he's he's martyred and. He goes away, uh, but in a, in a sense, he reminds me a lot of Jesus, mm-hmm. um, but it's hard for me to know exactly what was his purpose of being there. You know, why does the way for Jesus need to be prepared, um, but what's going on with John the, John the Baptist? Why is he this major figure? Well, again, it's not just um, your, I agree with that analysis, but more important, Jesus gives us that analysis. Yeah. He says, truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yeah, yeah. So John the Baptist is clearly a key figure in the New Testament. Well, first thing, maybe first things first, is John the Baptist, you know, like we say, you know, Jesus sort of, there's a predating here. You know, he's the eternally begotten son of God. Yeah, and then Jesus of Nazareth, you know, is he, we, he assumes our humanity. So the story of Jesus, the story of Christ, doesn't begin at Bethlehem, and in some ways, the story of the mission of John the Baptist is much antecedes his actual birth. Okay, remember there are two great Old Testament prophecies that are specifically identified with John the Baptist by our Lord. Uh, the first one, Malachi, uh, you know, he was the last of the prophets before John the Baptist. There's this big drought. Remember Amos said there'd be a drought of the, of the word of God. And for almost four centuries between Malachi and John the Baptist, you know, we had all those centuries with the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, the word of the Lord stopped coming. We had this drought that Amos had foretold. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's such a big event in the New Testament, Luke's gospel. He starts saying in such and such a year, you know, these so-and-so reigning, etc. the word of the Lord came to John the Baptist in the desert. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's he's the so Malachi said that there that I will send before you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. So he's basically saying, you know, the next prophet is going to be Elijah. Oh, okay. Elijah's going to be next. I see. Elijah will be next. Elijah will come before this great day of the Lord. And Jesus tells us that he is Elijah. He says, for all the prophets in Matthew eleven, he says, for all the prophets and law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to accept it. He is Elijah who is to come. Hmm. Now we might say, are you saying Elijah really is sort of... No, no, no. Jesus clarifies that. Late, uh, in Luke's gospel, he says, uh, speaking of, uh, of John the Baptist, uh, um, speaking of John the Baptist, uh, he says, and we'll, uh, we'll turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Okay, so he kind of has Elijah's mantle um, and in his ministry. Uh, yes, this is the angel, rather, I'm saying, taking Zechariah. So he's saying basically that he'll be the new Elijah mm-hmm. type of thing. He'll be like, like Jesus is the new Moses, not literally Moses. I see. So the prophecy really was Elijah will come, mean the ministry, the force and power of Elijah. Yeah. So we have this big gap between Malachi saying there will be one more prophet. Mm-hmm. And that prophecy is going to be a gap that okay. Amos said. But when he comes, that will be the last 
the word of the Lord came in that in that special way. Okay, okay. that's one of the prophecies, Malachi. Okay, so he's so John the Baptist prophesied in Malachi, big deal, <laughs> and also in Isaiah. Isaiah says, you know, concerning the one, you know, voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, made straight in the desert a highway for our God. And we're told that specifically, the Lord Jesus tells us, that specifically applies to John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. Okay, rather, Matthew uh, speaks of that. Now, there are two titles, sort of alluding to what you were saying. You know, with church, you know, in the scriptures, we call him John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. But the Eastern Church likes to call him John the Forerunner, the Perdramus, the oh, Forerunner, yeah. the Precursor. That's his normal title in the Eastern Church. And why? Because not only was he the last of the prophets, you know, the last real Old Testament prophets, mm-hmm. but also he personally is a type of Christ. Okay. Let's think about his life. First of all, uh, starting in Luke's Gospel, is he has a, a miraculous annunciation. The angel appears to his father in the temple as priest. Yeah. And says you're going to, and it will be a miraculous birth. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're old, they're, they're too old for children, not to mention the fact they'd always been childless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a miracle birth, like the miracle birth of the Old Testament. Uh, and Jesus will have that annunciation to Mary. Uh-huh. It will be a miraculous birth. Yeah. Then we have, they actually meet in utero. I see. Uh, in this sense, when John, remember Mary, when she gets the annunciation, he says, well, your, your, your kinswoman is already six months pregnant. And so she goes off to meet her in the hill country, uh-huh. and it says, and it's repeated, it's so important. It's, it's said, that the, God, the evangelist tells us, you know, that when the, the greeting came, that the child wept, leapt in her womb for joy. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth tells us, hey, when I heard your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. Yeah. So basically, Jesus meets the forerunner, so to speak, there, you know, they're, they're that first. Anat- then we have the careers begin in the desert. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, recently we had the first Sunday of Lent. And what happens right after Jesus' baptism? Immediately, driven he goes into, into the, the desert. desert. John the Baptist goes tempted. into the desert. And something really interesting is that they have the same initial message. Because think of it, actually, Matthew makes sure to use the exact same words. John the Baptist, how does he announce the message? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The exact words are used by Jesus in Matthew four seventeen when he begins. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I see. So we're seeing the continuity. Each of them is preaching the gospel of repentance in the kingdom. Now, we also have here that John actually identifies, uh, you know, Christ. You know, he's like, he's not just a a forerunner. You know, in the sense, everything that happens to him happens to Jesus a little bit later. You know, he's announced first, then the Annunciation six months later. Yeah. To Mary. He's born first, right? Of course. And then, you know, that's, he goes to the desert first, then Jesus. He's always just a little bit ahead. Mm-hmm. He's like the brother who's like two years ahead of you in high school. I see. <laughs> he's just a little bit ahead of you each time. Yeah. He identifies Jesus. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Another thing is, remember, the Pharisees don't acknowledge him. How right, do we know right, that? Right. Because one time Jesus, you know, when they're trying to say, what authority do you teach by? He says, well, you tell, answer this question for me. John's baptism, was it from God or from man? Ah, uh, I see. And so we can't say from, you know, from, from God, or people say, why didn't you accept it? Uh-huh. So we know they didn't accept it. And also his preaching career is rejected, so we have rejected by the leadership, but they both get arrested mm-hmm. and are executed, and interesting with their executions. In each case, the person who orders their death doesn't think they're guilty and doesn't tries to get out of it. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Herod doesn't really want to it says execute he's grieved, John. he doesn't want to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's forced to. You know, uh, he feels compelled to do it because right. of his oath and the embarrassment. And Pilate doesn't want to. He tries everything. Mm-hmm. But eventually it's going to be a riot, end of his career. He gets in. And finally, what happens after the death? 
is John the Baptist that came for his body. That's and right. And they buried him. Yeah, there is that detail in and there. Christ, and something is also interesting about this, that Jesus is aware of this symmetry. Because that's what the Gospels tell us. It's really interesting. What happens after the announcement of the death of John the Baptist? Jesus goes off alone to pray. Yeah, yeah. So he knows he's next. It's like that brother, you know, said, I'm the next. Right, 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 right. So he's so he's even conscious of that. Conscious. That this is it's sort of like on. when you're older, like you're my, if you have a sibling, your first sibling to die, you know, with the older sibling, you realize, well, I'm going to be going that path. You know, our whole lives have been this way. You know, I'm sort of up. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's so next. Everything so far has been a parallel. This will be a parallel. Got too. it. So John the Baptist's life is. Is I mean, it's like literally preparing the way for yes. Jesus's life because he's sort of living a version yes. of Jesus's life first. Yes. Wow, that's that's very. That's so that's why they love to call him the precursor, uh-huh. the one who walks before. So it's not just preparing the way in the sense of uh, announcing it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you he says you know, in a voice in the desert announcing, "Prepare the way of the Lord." But he himself, actually, in his life, yeah, is a living type. You know, a living example, a foretaste of what's to come right after him. And he's also kind of linking the the tradition of old te- of, of of Old Testament prophecy to Jesus as well. Right? Absolutely, he's like this, this link here. I've got to tell you, in the Eastern Church, in any Orthodox Church, you'll always find an icon in the center called the Deesis on the kind of Conestasis, this great wall of icons mm-hmm. right in the middle. And what that is, Deesis means prayer, you know, pleading. But what it always has is Jesus on a throne, and they have Mary. Uh, from as you look at him on the left, and they have John the Baptist on the right, both pointing to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And you say, well, why those two? It's because it's, I call it the holy handoff, because each one has a handout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's why. Remember we said for centuries, how does God speak? It says the word of the Lord came. Yeah. And the last person that happened to is the word of the Lord came to John in the desert. Mm, mm. But what happens with Jesus and Mary? That's why Mary's there. The word of the God comes in person the actual eternally begotten word incarnate. Yeah. So it's a trade-off of the word spoken for the word incarnate. Like the church loves to say, Jesus is the word, but John was the voice. Prophets were the voice of the word. Now it's the word come in person. So why you have those two handing out to each other is from the word, the voice, we go to the word itself. So from like the last prophet to whom the word comes, his whole job is to point, here it is. Yeah. From all And then through Mary, we have the word, emphasize the incarnation, that this is that same word in the flesh. Got it. I can start to see why John the Baptist is is so crucial to understand, to understand who Jesus is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because otherwise we, we might miss that link between the word to the prophets and Jesus the word. And that's why Jesus said after saying, he's the, no man has been born greater than John the Baptist. But he said the, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater in the sense it is a better position. Yeah. Because yeah. John had the fullest, you know, of all the, he comes this way, he is right there with Jesus. Right. But still, he went, you know, uh, you know, the, we will have Jesus himself. His revelation is still, he's still a voice. Mm-hmm. Jesus mm-hmm. will be the word itself. I see. We I have see. direct personal contact with the word itself, the yeah. word in person. Yeah. So, so maybe this, does, this, this explains kind of some of John's attitude toward Jesus then, because, you know, I've always been struck that John has his own 
um, ministry. He has tons of people coming up to him to be baptized. And then Jesus comes along and all, and he points to him and everyone starts going to him. And, and John essentially says, that's, that's good. That's fine. I must, I must decrease. He must A point increase. of view not shared by his disciples. Right. Exactly. They were like, come on, the, <laughs> your business is failing here. <laughs> and what, what about us? <laughs> yeah. What about us? <laughs> yeah. And actually that's beautiful because uh, this explains, by the way, something interesting. You know, we know in the year we have the two solstices, the, mm-hmm. which are the shortest and longest days of the year. Yeah. The shortest day of the winter solstice, and which is uh, basically December, in, in December, in December, toward there, uh, basically think of December 25th. And then we have Jan- June 24th is basically the summer solstice, yeah. the longest day of the year. Uh-huh. And one of the reasons, that's the feast of the birth of John the Baptist. And the reason that's chosen is because... John says, well, when people are saying, aren't you upset? This guy's taking all your business. He said, no, no, no. I'm like, I'm like the best man at a wedding. I don't begrudge the fact the groom's getting the attention. Right. He's my friend. I want that. It's yeah. his wedding. He said, I must decrease. He must increase. Mm. So at Jesus' birth is the shortest day of the year, but it gets longer and longer. There's more sunlight ever since. Yeah. So he grows. Yeah. Whereas John, his birthday is a day from that day. Every day gets shorter. Oh, I see. So that's so why it's John the, the Baptist. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. why they're in the they're the, the flip sides. You have December twenty oh, fifth, and then June twenty fourth. Fascinating. It's okay. interesting that John also gets a second feast. Oh, he gets a second one. Yeah, a second one as well. That's the birth of John the Baptist, but also uh, he has the feast of his of his martyrdom or his beheading. I see, yeah. which is August 29th. Okay, and that's really a very ancient feast because both the birth and de- death of John the Baptist have been cele- were some of the oldest feasts celebrated by both the East and Western Church. In history, mm-hmm. uh, the the both of those were celebrated the East and West. Some of the very oldest were John the Baptist. Oh, I see, I see. Wow. wow. What some of our readers, uh, listeners rather, might not know, is that you know the John the Baptist disciple didn't all go to Jesus. Really? Yes. One of the reasons why we probably emphasize so much John's testimony is that there are still John disciples after that continue to be really to go on, okay. just as after Jesus, there are still Jews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, who don't accept the Messiah. Yeah, there were still uh, mm-hmm. John the Baptist followers continued. Actually, there, to this day, there are some. Yeah, There's yeah, a group yeah. of um, John, but, you know, they continued to be a major movement for a while. Wow. So, yeah, well, maybe well, I had a question, actually, about John as well. There's a there's a, a well-known place where John appears to not be so sure anymore that Jesus is the Messiah, and the uh, Gospels are... At, at pains to emphasize that. Well, why is that? Um, can, can you tell me what's going on there? Yeah, he's actually, he he's in prison, mm-hmm. and he tells his disciples, go, ask this guy, ask Jesus, it's, are you the one who, who, who is to come, or should we be looking for somebody else? There are two different explanations I think are both pious. Mm-hmm. I'll give you first one, a more modern explanation, uh, and the other is a more traditional explanation. The more modern explanation tends to be, you know, we shouldn't be surprised that someone who knew, uh, who believed that Jesus was the Messiah, might wonder, what did I get wrong? Because there was expectations. Remember, he says he has his winnowing floor. He's, you know, he's ready to bring judgment. Right, People right. had a vision of what the Messiah would be. Remember, Peter is put off by this. Peter says, you're the Messiah, yeah. the Son of the living God. The next thing he turns around when Jesus says he's going to die, oh, God forbid. Right, right, right. That doesn't happen to the Messiah. They're expecting a, a warlord. They're expecting. Yeah. Okay. Did I get this wrong? I thought you were. I said you. Were, you know, what's this death thing? Okay. You, I just told you. I thought you're the Messiah. So the idea is that maybe John thought that too. Because John's in prison. Uh-huh. So instead of a triumphant thing and Jesus going forth, you know, John is in prison. So one thing is to say that John is having one of those Peter moments. Mm-hmm. Just verify him for me. I, you know, are, are you are you in fact the one? Mm-hmm. Although personally, I like the traditional explanation. 
Yeah. I wanted to give a fair reading of the other, but the traditional explanation, I think is beautiful, is that John, as the wisdom of a teacher, is basically dealing with his disciples' doubts. They must have had these questions. Mm. So rather than dealing with it himself, he sent them to Jesus. I see, I see. He sent them to see Jesus. You're like, okay, you're asking me this question, but go ask Jesus. Go ask Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. knows now that you all. You ask him, are you the, yeah. is, you the one? You, you go, on. tell him I sent you. Go, you tell him, and then Jesus does say, look, you know, Jesus gives them the perfect answer. Hmm, 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 yeah. That's the traditional answer, the one I personally believe. It seems to comport a little better as, as well with John's, um, with, with John's attitude toward Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. If, he's, his, uh, if he's, he's, he's conscious of this, of this fact of Jesus's being the word, um, then that, I guess that would make sense, send people to the word. One other thing that's interesting is very often in Christian tradition, John the Baptist's name has been used in connection with mission. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, for example, when something's a, a, a new effort, a new initiative, you yeah. know, especially in a new place where Christ has never been before, they'll a lot of societies of St. John the Baptist, it will be about that. Mm-hmm. This is dear to me, uh, some people might know that French Canadians celebrate the national holiday as the Feast of St. John the Baptist, his birthday, the yeah. 24th, St. John's Day, St. Oh, John great. the Baptist Day. Oh, nice. St. Jean-Baptiste <laughs> is the, uh, St. Jean-Baptiste, as you say in Quebec, uh, is, is the day. But the reason for it was, why he's associated there, was the French Canadian view of seeing this as bringing the gospel to North America. I see. Of bringing okay. it to, to, you know, to what we'd have as Canada. This was a special bringing it to a place it never heard before, yeah. bringing the good news. So that, that association, though, you'll find in Christian history, like when you see something named organization after John the Baptist, it often will be associated mm-hmm. uh, with that. I see, I see. Okay, okay. So you get this connection to mission as well. A connection to okay. mission. That's great. Um, it's interesting, too, that his... Um, I should have mentioned with John the Baptist, too. He's connected with the prophet Elijah mm-hmm. in this sense, because remember, his description of what he wears is ties to what Elijah wears. Oh, right, right, right. So he's yeah. very much in the in the prophetic tradition. So so that's clearly what the so gospel is. So also with the Elijah, you know, the Elijah will come. He also actually, I should have mentioned, wears Elijah's clothing. Right, right, right. That's clearly what the gospels want us to know. They're sort of, so this, and a lot of this is Matthew, right? As, yes. as well. And and Matthew, right, is, is very clearly at pains to talk about how Jesus is the son of David. Uh, John is the new Elijah, um, really mm-hmm. emphasizing that. So the yeah. clothes factor into that as well. Yeah. Yeah, great. That's fascinating. Anything else you'd want us to know about John the Baptist, Father Stephen? Uh, a truly, uh, again, his that basic moral idea that his delight in, you know, he, he must increase. I must, you know, I'm the, I'm the, I'm happy it's happening for him. That's yeah. such a, like Paul saying when, when people said, shouldn't you be jealous? Look, at he said, you know, I just care as long as the gospel is being preached. Right. Whether it's for selfishness, you know, to me at the end of the day, all that counts. And that attitude is just the quintessentially Christian attitude. Yeah. 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 All that really counts is if, if this is promoting the kingdom, I'm there. Right. Right. If I'm left on the, uh, if I'm left behind, that's great. Mm. What a beautiful message. Thanks so much, Father Stephen. That's all the time we have left for this episode. And thank you for listening to Word and Table. We'll be back uh, again with more on liturgy, sacrament, and the great tradition of Christian worship in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. 